Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for this time in your presence, God, that we can come and just be with you. Thanking you, God, for what you've done for us. Thanking that you supply every one of our needs. God, that you take care of us in every situation. And God, this morning we just declare, God, that you are good. You are so good. God, we love you. We pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning as we hear your word. God, that you would do what you need to do in us. God, we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I walked into a business this week, and when I walked in there, uh, all the ladies at the front desk were so happy to see me, and they had big smiles on their face. Well, hello, Lee. Everybody smiles. Everyone's chipper and excited to see me. At least they're acting like they're excited to see me. And how was your week? I said, it's just fine. I go about my business. I do what I'm there to do. I take care of everything. I'm only there four or five, six minutes or so. And I get everything taken care of. And when I come back to the front of the office place, they're completely different. And there's probably three or four young girls behind the desk, and their eyes are just big as saucers. They have uh, concerned looks on their faces, and they're not smiling. They're not... They're not excited for me to walk back up there to the counter. And, and I hear voices from the side of the room. I turn around, and, and, and this lady has one of the girls up against the wall, not physically, but definitely with her words, and she is complaining up a storm. They didn't have some of the products she she wanted. They never had the products she wanted. She's tired of coming in there, and they don't have what she needs, and she's paid too much money for all this, and she wants better service, and she demands it. They better come through. And I stood there and listened to her go and went, yep, she's on the war path. I turned back around, and I look at the young girls, and I just said, isn't it great working with people? And they looked at me like, please, just leave. We got problems here, you know. And I went, I can handle this real quick. I'll take care of this. They need, to, they need to hire me to come here every now and then. I'll fix these issues. But anyway, uh, the complaining issues, not the other issues for sure. And so I just went, man, isn't that amazing? And here I am going to talk about complaining today. And the Lord provided me such a wonderful beginning of the sermon It was amazing to me to consider how complaining changed the atmosphere in that office. They were really happy. That lady wasn't there. Walked in there, really happy. But when I walk out, they're not happy any longer. They don't have smiles on their faces. And it's all because complaining contaminates. Did you know that? Some people can't handle complaining, and it contaminates other people. And complaining will spread. Complaining is like a wildfire when it's really dry and the wind's blowing. It can spread really quickly. And and that complaining lady spread her germs throughout that entire office place. I'm sure when she left, it was was all over. I, I sat behind a man at a football game Friday night. About, he was about two rows up there, and he's a frustrated football coach. I know he's frustrated because he knows more than the football coaches do. 
And I watched as he would yell and scream. They, when they ran the ball, he would say, throw the ball, get him off your, get him out of the box. And when they would throw the ball, he would say, you got to run the ball. I'm going, all right, you can even, there's only two options. You throw it or run it. There's only two options. You know, and I'm, I'm listening to this guy talk about how they need to do this. And I noticed that there was a good gap between him and his wife. And he would look over here and he was trying to get her and she would just keep her, her face, you know, forward. And, and I, I kept on wanting to look and see what the look on her face was. But the back of her body said, please leave me alone. You're embarrassing me. And, and he was pretty embarrassing. But here he is watching what was one of the finest football games you'd ever see. And all he did was complain. Let me tell you something else about complainers. Complainers that complain the most usually don't know what they're talking about. After all, I'm a football expert and I know what I'm talking about. And I'm sitting there listening to him, and, and I kind of got loud a couple times, not too bad, just having fun. He wanted the team to go for two, and I said, nope, go for one. You only go for one here. You're dumb if you go for two. And I wanted him to hear me, but he never did, he never did lock eyes on me because I was going to let him see my stink eye and see that I knew more than he did, but I let it go. But he just complained the whole time, and, and when I was driving home, I thought, I wonder if that guy enjoys anything because he was so upset during that game at different times. And it honestly was one of the most exciting games you'd ever see. It was fun. It was enjoyable. There were some crazy things that took place and one side would get mad about the refs and the other side would get mad about the refs. It was America at its finest. <laughs> but all he did was complain. So you remember... David. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 19, and we saw last week David beginning taking courses, course action steps to uh, get the nation back together. You've got the two tribes of Judah, and you've got the 10 tribes of Israel. The two tribes of Judah is with David. The 10 tribes of, of, of Israel was with Absalom. And, and now David has the assignment to put those two tribes together, took those two factions together. Two and ten. Two has a lot more people than the ten, but it's an interesting thing taking place. And he has got to, ironically, he's got to bring together the north and the south. They're not agreeing on things. They see things differently. But it is really important to David. He's really important for the nation of Israel. It's really important to the promises that God has made him that they need to bring those two groups together. And he begins the process. And he crosses the, the Jordan River. He's making his way back to Jerusalem. And here we go, verse 41. But all the men of Israel complained to the king. All the men of Israel complained to the king. Now, that's an interesting statement there. Did all the men complain? or just most of them complain. You know, you know how that works in a mob setting. You got a few spokesmen, but you're caught up in it, right? And so I think there's no way that all the people complained to the king, but they were certainly walking with that mob because 
there was a complaining frenzy going on. And they were pulling people together, and all of the Israel comes together, and they're all complaining about how they've been mistreated by uh, the people of Judah. And they're not going to stand for it. And by George, they have reasons and they have rights, and it needs to be addressed. And so all the men of Israel complained to the king. Here's their complaint. The men of Judah stole the king and didn't give us the honor of helping take you, your household, and all your men across the Jordan. Now, let that sink in. All the men of Israel complained to the king. The men of Judah stole the king. From their perspective, the men of Judah stole the king and didn't give us the honor of help and take you and your household and all your men across the Jordan. Now, when I read that, and I'm thinking about life today, and I'm thinking about what we could parallel that with. It's, it's, it's hard to, to really have it, but are you, are you serious? That's one of my questions here to the, to the Israel people. Are you really serious? You just got through the civil war. You chose Absalom, and now you're upset that you didn't get the same fair shake as the Judah people did? And they weren't close, you weren't as close to the king and were in on all the news about when and how he and his household would cross the river. You've got to be kidding me. Now, a good question that needs to be asked to the people of Israel in this point is, do you really have a reason to complain? Do you really have a reason to complain here? Men of Israel, are you breathing? Yes. You don't have a reason to complain. Is the king seeking to be inclusive with the, nation, with the tribes of Israel? Yes, he is. What did he do? He removed Joab and put Amasa in his place. He's trying to be inclusive with you. You're still alive, you're still breathing, you still have homes to go to, you still have a life before you. You don't have the right to complain. Now, we need to remember that question. Do I really, truly have a reason to complain here? Did that lady have the right to complain? I don't believe she did in that office place. Now, she may have had a complaint, and maybe she could very nicely, she could say, I really wish that you would have these products next time. Maybe they can figure out how to help her. But honestly, do you really have the right to complain here? I mean, they, they had products that were similar to what you want, just not the exact product that you want. Lady, can you breathe? Can you walk? I mean, do you really have a reason to complain? Are you going to make this such, a, such an issue in here? I mean, you, they told you that sometimes they wouldn't have all the products depending on how things go. I remember clear as a day when they sat down with me, they said, sometimes <coughs> we run out of products, but we'll always have enough to fulfill your order. All right, then. 
It's good enough for me, but not for her. And so we need to be real objective about our complaining when we complain. Do we have the right to complain? And should we be complaining at all? And are we souring people around us because we complain so much? All the people of Israel complain to the king. Now, a complaining frenzy is dangerous because a complaining mob can carry everyone in the wrong direction. And, and the, the people of Israel in this particular case were in danger of going the wrong direction. And indeed, they do go the wrong direction. This event reveals that the Lord is right when he says, we are just like sheep. Philip talked about Psalm 23 a while ago. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, he, the Lord Jesus speaks about people as being like sheep. It would really be a good thing for all of us to go spend some time with sheep. One of the, the blessings of, of my education has been unknowing to me that for, for five years, I had opportunities to work with sheep when I was at the West Texas Boys Ranch. And we would often have to do things with the sheep, and we have to get them to a place and take care of them, make sure there's water and all these things. Let me tell you something about sheep. They are nuts. It doesn't make sense. It's not reasonable. They complain all the time. Whenever you're moving sheep from one pasture to another, they complain every step of the way. Bah, bah. You know what they're saying? We don't want to go. We don't want to go. We don't want to go. And they just follow and they just go. And one sheep he has no clue he's just going to do it. He just starts walking in a direction, and guess what? The rest of the sheep go with him, and they don't know why they're going with him. They may be on some good grass right here, and they walk to where they've been eating for a week or two. And they get over there where there's no more grass left because they've eaten it all, and they get over there. You know what they do? They complain there's no more grass. That's the way people are. And you must admit that either you're this person or, you know, or you're sitting next to this person or you know a lot of people like this, if they open their mouth, they're complaining. And they're absolutely no fun to be around. And they contaminate stuff. And there's no reason for it. And, and, and that's what's going on here. We complain too much. We complain at the wrong stuff. We complain at the wrong time. We complain without a reason. And there's no question in a complaining frenzy, bad news and fake news travels much faster than good news. If you want to have some fun, and, and I thought long and hard about whether I should talk about this, and probably it's a mistake, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway, <laughs> because I think it fits well. And I think it really does raise the flag about complaining. 
Now, it was brought to my attention not very long ago about the Alito Buzz Facebook page. Now, I have not wrote anything on that particular page because I'm very smart. <laughs> but I was just kind of scrolling through the other day, and I was looking at a few things, and, and I began to read this story about an incident that happened at one of the schools, and the person that wrote this down, you know, had all this information, and, and basically it was saying that the schools play favoritism, they're not taking care of business, and they don't listen to people's complaints, and kids are being mistreated, and nothing's being done about it. Now, with that many kids in a school, obviously, that probably happens, all right? I mean, I, I wouldn't want to run a school. I wouldn't want anything to do with it. Uh, I'm sure it's just a bunch of knuckleheads in one room, and you can't make sense of any of it. It's just the way it is at school. But... 300 plus comments were made on this matter. And, and complaints, one after another, after another, after another, after another. Complaint after complaint after complaint after complaint. And I was reading through those complaints and I was kind of just fast forward and just picking and choosing and reading it. Woo, they, when they wrote that, they were really, really mad. Woo, man, holy Lord. Look, look at that, look at that, look at that. And I had a couple, I saw read up and says, boy, I hope they don't go to our church. Boy, I hope they, <laughs> I hope they don't walk, I hope they have a change of heart before they come. And I don't know, I don't know who these names are. And I was just laughing about what was going on. And, and I, I thought about, the influence of complaining. Now, they may or may not have a reasonable uh, problem going on. Putting it on that deal is not reasonable. It's not helping anything. It's, not, it's certainly not helping their children at all. And well, I don't maybe their children are going through a hard time and need some help, and maybe they should. But man, that's not the way to go about that. And, and you know why people complain on social media and they don't complain face-to-face -face with people and deal with it is because it's so easy. And they don't have to be responsible for it. They don't have to own up to it. They don't have to deal with things they don't want to hear. Because if you throw a complaint out there, typically... Now, there were a few people that said, you shouldn't be doing this, and this is not true, and this is not accurate, and stuff like that. And, and I thought that was good, but that, it wasn't heard at all. And when you throw out a complaint like that, only people that are fertile ground for your complaint are going to respond. And it's amazing to me the amount of people that responded in favor of the complaint. And I, I just thought, that's never a good sign to a complaining frenzy. When they agree with a complaint, but no solution is mentioned, no possibility that they've got it wrong is mentioned, and, and, and that really is the truth about a complaining frenzy. All objectivity is lost somewhere along the way. And if you are controlled by complaining, I want you to know you're victimized by complaining. 
And your complaining takes you away from solutions and it takes you away from what is true and, and it takes you away from what is objective about how things are. I mean, it's never that bad and it's never that bad that bad and it's never that bad that bad that bad. It's never that bad. Whatever someone says about anything that you cross paths with in the course of your, of your life, if it has to do with school, if it has to do with the church, it has to do with the job, it has to do with the government, it has to do with work, it's never, ever that bad. It's also never, ever that good either. But we seem to really latch on to the bad far more than we latch on to the good. The guy that was sitting in front of me, I wanted to go down there and sit by him and say, three years ago, your football team was 0-10, and now you're complaining at these coaches? I believe your record is 4-0 now, 4-1 now, and you're complaining? That's not objective. That's not objective. What he should have been doing is we're, we're probably going to lose this game. But isn't it wonderful that we're actually in the game? Because three years ago, playing that same team, the score would have been 85 to nothing, and you would have had to send a letter saying they bullied you. <laughs> he lost all, he's lost all objectivity. And, and I get it. People go to ball games and they lose their mind. I know that works. I've been to the Little League ballpark here. I've seen how it works. I've lived it. I've been part of it. I've lost my mind the Little League ballpark a time or two through the course of my life. I've been kicked out of some softball games, hate to say it. And I was right and they were wrong. <laughs> But you got to be careful with a complaining frenzy because objectivity is lost and it contaminates what's really gone on. If you are surrounded by a mob of complainers, see the danger and walk away. Don't get involved. Second thing we see here in this story is I look at the clock and realize People are going to complain that I went too long again today, <laughs> with reason. The people were more concerned with the opinions of people than the actions of the king. But all the men of Israel complained to the king, the men of Judah stole the king and didn't give us the honor of helping you take, take you, your household, and all your men across the Jordan. The men of Judah replied, the king is one of our own kinsmen. Why should this make you angry? Why ha we haven't eaten any of the king's food or received any special favors. And here's what the Israelites said. But there are ten tribes in Israel. The others replied, so we have ten times as much right to the king as you do. What right do you have to treat us with such contempt? Weren't we the first to speak of bringing him back to be our king again? The argument continued back and forth, and the men of Judah spoke even more harshly than the men of Israel. Doesn't record what they said, but it was a harsh word that they gave. Now, 
Isn't it interesting that they're more concerned with the opinions of each other than they are what the king had been doing? King David sought to find common ground. King David made decisions to be inclusive. King David forgave. King David reconciled. King David was there, and he, he was showing compassion to the people of Israel. But the people of Israel and the people of Judah at this particular time, they're more concerned with the opinions of people than they are the actions of the king. Now, that's a good lesson for us right there. We're more concerned with what people think than what the king thinks. We're more concerned with what people think than what Jesus thinks of us. And if we're not careful, we will be in the same position that these guys are in. We're saying, why do you mistreat us? Why do you despise us when King Jesus has done so much for us? Now, if you focus on what people do or don't do, you're always going to be complaining and you're always going to be off track. But if your focus is on the Lord Jesus, you'll see what you need to see, the way you need to see it, and you'll get your eyes off of people. Now, you get you out you a school card, and if you just think about, if you just think about the people in the church, I guarantee it, you're going to start complaining. You're going to get sour. Just start with me. Start with me. List all the things. That's bad about Lee. Write them all down, whatever they are. I can't think of any right now, but you write them down. <laughs> and and if, you, if you spend all your time thinking about, about all the faults that Lee has, he can't administrate, he can't lead, he, he can't preach. I've heard that a few times. He, he, uh, you know, he, he says unkind things at the wrong time. He talked about daily buzz on the internet deal. You know, he's too blunt, he's too this, he's too that, he's too all these things. And if you start writing down all the faults of all the leaders of the church, you'll get sour to the church. And you'll, you, if, you, if you add to that, add the elders. I, I can tell you a few things about them boys right there, let me tell you. And then you talk about the school teachers or the, the Sunday school Bible teachers and you list them and you list them and you list them. And then you begin to list the people that go to that particular church. Oh my gosh, they drive the brand new Suburban and you drive the old one and they're, they're snobbish about it. You saw them driving in the Walmart. Nope, they don't go to Walmart anymore. They go to H-E-B. <laughs> they're Walmart snobs. I have an issue with that. I drive by, by H-E-B to go to Walmart because <laughs> I ain't a snob. You know people talk about that kind of stuff. And you listen to all that. You can, and if all you do is focus on people, man, you, you'll, you'll get sour. You'll be, your complaining will contaminate. And before long, you'll believe what you're complaining about. 
And if you complain long and long enough and hard enough, you'll find some people that will change their opinion of the church, of the pastor, of the leadership, of all the people that go there, and they'll agree with you. Snobs, cliques. I'd go to church, but man, they're all hypocrites up there. I love hearing people tell me that because I start saying, yep, let me tell you about these hypocrites. And I just go to town. And I'll list all the things that I know that God's people do from time to time. I said, yep, you're right. There are some hypocrites in our church. Let me tell you something now. I'll, tell, I'll, I'll list them. Man, I'll talk about that guy and that guy. That guy imaginary, of course, never names. And I'll list them all. I said, this is what they said to me, and this is what they've done. And, and you know, we've got several that are, are snobs, and, and they think they're better than you are, and, they, and some of them are better than you are, and all these things. And, and then I'll go, but, but let me tell you about Jesus. And, and, I, and I'll tell them, I says, I agree with you, man. There's enough bad hypocrisy in every single church that will drive you up the wall. But let me tell you what's good about the church. That's Jesus. And he's perfect. And we're all just trying to be perfect. Now, now, what, what failures, faults do you have? Well, you know, I... <coughs> yeah, you've got some. What, what do you got going on? Do you, have you had other gods before God? Have, have you ever coveted somebody else's stuff? Have you ever bear false witness? Have, have you ever had angry thoughts about someone? Well, yeah, well, of course. Well, of course. Well, I'm not going to church Sunday if you're there because you're a hypocrite. Now, the times I've had an opportunity to do that, I haven't won any awards, and it's never, it's been nice to see you conversation with them. It's always a blank look like, oh, you're going to avoid me now, aren't you? No, I want to avoid you. Yeah, you do. Every time you see me at Walmart, you run to HEB. That's what happens. They were focused on people and not the king. You'll have something to complain about if you fo focus on the people. So get your eyes on the king. You'll have good things to say. You'll have good thoughts. You'll have reason to celebrate. You will discover that love covers a multitude of sins because you will be so thankful for the forgiveness that we have in Christ that you won't consider the failures of the people of Christ. Also, verse 43, I don't think any of these folks realized the Judeans or the Israelite folks learned here the power of acceptance and rejection. Now, why have you treated us with such contempt? What they're saying is, you didn't welcome us. We didn't feel welcome at the river. You didn't welcome us. You weren't hospitable. You didn't say, y'all, come on over. Come sit down with us. You treated us with contempt. Now, think about how powerful rejection is in the world today. Rejection. And, and I want to ask you something. Why is rejection so powerful? It really shouldn't be. 
Because the truth is, it really doesn't matter what anyone thinks about us. Why are they so twisted? Why are they so upside down about what, they, what people thought of them? It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Why be miserable about someone else's opinions? Now, if they pick up a hammer and they hit you over the head, be concerned about that, right? That's mistreatment. That's unfair. That's bullying. But don't lose your mind. Don't lose your bearing. Don't lose your focus. If people say unkind things to you, so who cares? What big a deal is it? The only thing that matters is what God thinks of us. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Someone else's opinions don't matter. And so, man, when I think about that a little buzz thing. My child was bullied. Now, if they were hurt, obviously, physically hurt, something needs to be done. They need to be protected. They'd be safe. But if they said, your hair doesn't look good, or you're stupid, or you don't fit here, or you don't belong with us, or you can't sit at my table, what you need to be doing is not blaming the bullier, but teaching your children not to be a victim to these stupid people that are unkind. That's what needs to happen. Now, it needs to be a different kind of conversation. My, my thoughts are when this conversation started, when the child went home and told their mom and dad that they had been mistreated at the school, they just they just got up right then and went to take over. And they, don't, they didn't ask any questions about how it was handled. We're not going to deal with this. This is not the way we're going to handle things. We're going to stand up for our rights. You're going to be protected. We're going to protect you. We're going to put a bubble over you. And, and you're beautiful and wonderful and we love you. And my gosh. No, no, no. What you need to teach the kid is, tell me what they said. How'd they say it? All right. Do you know that's not true? It's not true about you. You're not a loser. You're not a failure. You're not stupid. You're not a weakling. You're not any of those things those kids said. Matter of fact, let me tell you what God thinks of you. And, and give kids, give people the power not to be a victim to someone else. And not to give them power over yourself, over your kids. Now, I know we got to stand up strong as bullying. We don't need to bully. Bullies are not good. All those kind of things. No question about that. Don't leave here today saying, Lee said, bully, bully, bully. He didn't say that at all. He said that we need to start teaching the bullied who they are and not to give in to that stuff and to be strong. It absolutely doesn't matter what anybody thinks of you. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what God thinks of you. And, and Elder Bush, come here. I'll, I'll pick on you. Come here. <laughs> Have you been bullied? No. Okay. 
Have you been bullied? You been bullied? Any of y'all been bullied? So what's the big problem? None of y'all been bullied? Kellen, you been bullied? I thought everybody gets bullied. None of y'all are bullied? Come here. You been bullied? Come here. Come here, Miss Dirkovich. Maddie Dirkovich. All right, tell me, what did they say to you? I was ugly. What? And that I was stupid because I can't do math. Oh, honey. But you know, let me tell you something. You're not ugly. I know. You do? <laughs> Who told you that? I'm not saying. Huh? I'm not saying. You're not saying? Who I taught you that? Yeah. I've got to do this deal. Help me out here because this is not working out good for what the point I want to make. <laughs> A human. A human told you you're not, you're not ugly. No, a human told me I was ugly and stupid because I can't do math. You can't do math. Okay. Oh, I can't do math either. <laughs> yeah. At all. None. Zero. There are jobs out there where you don't do much math. Do you know that? So that's a good thing. So what does God think of you? Then I'm perfect the way I am. Did he make you the way you are? So did you have trouble giving, did, did, did it bother you at a time where they yeah. have power over you? Mm -hmm. And so you had to learn that their opinion of you didn't matter? Mm -hmm. I'm proud of you. That's good. And so what grade are you in? Seventh. So would you say to moms and dads here, if you, Maddie, a seventh grader learned that, their children can learn that too? Okay, what do you say to kids that are bullied at school? Um, well, just try to ignore them because they're just trying to make themselves feel better about themselves because they've been bullied at one point in their life and they just want to have that power over them. All right, thank you for sharing with you today. I'm just surprised that everybody's not been bullied except for Maddie. I figure all your hands would go up because it's obviously a bad problem, right? Okay. All right. We'll do the next couple of verses next week. How's that? And the rest of it. So some lessons for us. If you're bent to get caught up in a complaining frenzy, man, rethink that, recheck that. It contaminates, it's dangerous. Um, if you're controlled by another person's opinions, rethink that, be objective. Think about what really matters. Think about what's really important. And realize that if God's people complain, that is getting in the way of the very best news the world has ever had. And we really don't have the right as God's people to be complainers that would be involved in a frenzy like this. We don't. We have everything to live for. It doesn't matter how the record looks. It doesn't matter what things are like or the circumstances are like. We have everything to live for.
all that Jesus has done and is doing for us, should say to us, we don't have the right to be one of these habitual complainers that contaminates people around us. We have good news to share. We have the best news to share. We have life and hope to give away. And so if you would find yourself in this group that is just carried away with complaining, back out of it. Rethink and go about it a different way. There's great power in complaining, but there's greater power in the power of the gospel. Help us, Lord, to, to learn from these Israelites today. Help us to learn the right course of action, the right thought to have, to move forward, Lord, with the truth and the good news. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come forward.